I want to share with you um, some thoughts, some, some awareness, some thoughts. There's a Rebetzin who tells Rebetzin, Rebetzin from Pesach Stein, Zichel Bracha. She was Nifter last uh, Shabbos a week ago. And why it was Sunday morning a week ago. And uh, we talk about Gedolim and lessons we can learn from them. As uh, the woman that she was, she was a tremendous, tremendous person. Some lessons we can learn. I think sometimes it's even more relevant learning from the rabbits than learning from the, the Rebbeim. You know, you expect, you know, the rabbi, whatever, but to the rabbits, and there's, there's tremendous things to learn from them. Bechlelan tells the roles that the rabbits played, the rabbits played was very significant. Um, Telzer dynasty was started by Reblazer Telzer, Reblazer Gordon. He started, the, he became the rabbi, and he started the yeshiva in Tells in 1876. Um, his son-in-law was Rebbe Sibley Bloch, so when Blazer Tells it was Nifter in 1910, Rebbe Sibley, who had actually left the yeshiva already, but somewhere else came back and became the Shashiva until his Patira in 1930, 1930, 20 years later. Um, he had three, he had three sons, Rami Yitzhak who was the Rosh Hashiva after him, and Zalman Bloch, who was the Meshkech of the Yeshiva, he was the Dain in the city, and the Rebbe Bloch, who eventually brought Tells to America, and Ramoto Katz, who was a son-in-law. Of those who survived the war and brought the Tells to America, none of the sons brought, survived, but Rebison Stein, who was the daughter of Zalman Bloch, her husband, Rebison Gifter, and also a daughter, her sister. Um, then Rebison Sarotskin, the daughter of Ram Yitzhak and Rebison Osban, the daughter of Ram Yitzhak they those became the Shashibas. So the Shashiba, the, the Yerusha went through the, the daughters, not through the sons. But they weren't just they weren't just Hechatim um, Sabalmas. They they were Telzers with all of the strength of a Telzer. Her her grandfather, Rebetzin, Rebetzin Stein's grandfather. I keep stopping because I, I refer to as Tanta Nomi all the years, so I keep correcting myself. Rebetzin Stein. Um, her grandfather was, was uh, from her father's side, was, was Yosef Le Bloch. She remembered her grandfather. Um, her, her father was Zalman Bloch. Her mother's father was a person named Rebbeyaman Banish Dennis. Rebbeyaman Banish was a tremendous gavir. He owned tremendous tracts of land, forests, which he would, he would harvest for trees, etc., for wood, other things as well. He was wealthy enough that at one, one, one point in time he covered the full budget of Tel Shiva for a year by himself. He, he, was the, the, he was the person who supported the Vardic Yeshiva. He supported other Yeshivas as well. There's a master of the Rebbechanan. Rebbechanan came to, to, to Rebbechanan Banish for, to speak to him for money for the Yeshiva, for Baranovich. 
and it was a rainy day outside, and the, the roads were, were dirt roads, so it was muddy. So he felt bad. Rabbi Omeda had, had a very nice house. He had carpets, etc. So he didn't want to walk to the front door and drag this mud over the carpets. So he went to the side door. Rabbi is just told that Rabbi Yochanan is there. He comes and goes to the sitting room in the front. Rabbi Yochanan is not there. So he looks at the house. He finds Rabbi Yochanan in the kitchen. He says, Rashiba, why is Rashiba here? He says, I came by the side door. I shouldn't track the mud over your carpets. He says, Rabbi, you can't do this to me. I apologize, you can't do this to me. He says, my daughters are being brought up in the lap of luxury, the, the, you know, the Greer Shahom. But I want them to understand that there's nothing more important than Torah, that a Tamachachim should go to the side door, means he's saying that that says to them that carpets are more important than a Tamachachim. I know it's a tirch, but I'll ask you a play favor. Please go outside and come back through the front door and dr- drag your mud over my carpet so my daughter should know that the most important thing in the world is Torah. That's what it meant to be a, a litrish gvir. Right? And Rabbi Chalun acquiesced, and that's what they did. Tatanami's mother, Rabbi Sin Gifter's mother, um, Was an Isha, a mind-boggling, mind-boggling woman. She, Tantanomi was there when her mother was killed. Uh, there was other people who were there with it also, but she was killed together with uh, Rebison Gifter had gotten out earlier. Rebison Rivka Bloch and, and Nomi Bloch at that point in time. Two daughters survived the war. One married Rebbe Kiva Karmi. Uh, there, was a, there was a young man who was learning here uh, was here for law school recently he was, uh, was a grandson a rabbit and Rivka and um, she was killed with her younger children and her, her younger children the, the, the Nazi asked her if uh, so gives her a choice does she want her children to, that she should die first and her children should see her being killed she wants the opposite, that the children should die first and she should witness her children being killed. So she opted that she wants to be killed last. Which was tremendous pain for a mother to see her children being killed. And people didn't understand what, what, why she did it until they realized as she was dying, they fell into the there was a pit where everybody was being th- thrown into it after, as they were killed. She grabbed dirt on the way in as she was dying, and she covered her children and she buried them. And she's Makaim Kever Yisrael on her children. To have that strength of clarity of understanding that at that moment, to be able to Makaim a mitzvah to bring her children to Kavura, to do Kavura for them, that's the strength of Das and what it meant to be a Telzer. Tantanomi was the same way. Rebbe Bluff was the same way. She saw her father being killed. She saw the Blacham and the Yeshiva being killed. She saw her mother being killed and her siblings being killed. She herself was taken to the concentration camps. She survived the war after going through multiple camps. She never spoke about it. She says, I have a responsibility to raise my children in a way which is healthy for them. It's not spoken about. That's, that ability to do that, to, you know, it wasn't that she was beshita against it or she said, I can't handle it. It's not the right thing. 
she said once, she said, Nusa, she says she, she never was Messiah Das from the Kinnik of her children. There wasn't a moment where she wasn't thinking about how to raise her children in the, be, in the best way. Uh, I was listening to the, the Hispadim and, and, and by the Levaya. So her oldest son was Nifter years ago. Um, but she has one, she had, she had four children. One was Nifter. She had so her other son, and then her son in law, one of her sons in law, and then um, one of the members, the Rashiva spoke, and then then son, son in law, and then a, a person that, a very close person, which was in many ways raised by, raised by her in her Pesach. And then two grandchildren spoke. And I was listening to the Hespadim. And I was—I just had this aura, and I pointed out when I went to Menachem Elbel by her son that the children that generation spoke about her love. She was the most loving, warm person that you could ever meet. Her name was Naomi, and she was Mamash Naimis. So she was she was the most. One of the grandchildren had a nusach. He said that 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 Naomi comes back to Eretz Yisrael, and the Tam Kolayir. As I know me, she says, don't, don't call me Nomi, call me Mora. And he said that by, 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 his, by his grandmother, she said, don't call me Mora, call me Nomi. That was a nusat that he said. But the Iker, I heard the children stressed the, the Imus and the Ava that she raised them with. The grandchildren ex- expressed the awe and the, the Yira that they had for her Malchus, that the way she carried herself. I think the, the, the next generation of was so distant already they, they, they're just being the spoil from what she was as a person engendered in awe she had a Muslim of Kavanah Torah any Barker would walk in a Ben Torah would walk into the house she would stand up in honor of Ben Torah because this is a person who wins Torah you have to give him cover she had balance issues so towards the end of, her, end of her life the last X amount of years she would try to stand up she would fall but she would still try to set up every single time and they have to stop her because it, what do you mean you don't set up for Ben Tarr? I'm not talking about the Godel Dora, I'm talking about a Rav, I'm talking about a Yeshiva Bakr. That's what it means, a person is learning Tarr. And she has to give him covet. This is a woman who is 70 years older than the, the, the Bakr, but you give, you give a Ben Tarr a covet. There's also this thing as talking when somebody's saying Tarr. In the house, for sure not. And we go to the, we go to a kiddush, and somebody's speaking. So in my days and tells the the men on one side, the women on the other side. There wasn't a mechitza. It was total quiet on the woman's side when somebody was speaking to her. Now I'm not talking about he was saying a draw. He was saying a draw. The, the chassan would would say the sugin They didn't follow it. The Kabbalah Torah. They wanted to put up a mechitza. The Rebetzins were very upset. We didn't have that in a Sarah like that in Europe. And when you put up a mechitza, the women are going to talk. Because they don't see the person speaking. They feel like they're in a different spot. They're not going to be my... Eventually, the, the younger generation uh, was successful in putting in a mechitza. I'm not saying right or wrong. That was what happened. And she was very upset about it because that's exactly what happened, like she predicted. Her son told me that when, when they would go somewhere to eat 
or they would be by, by some type of event and there'd be somebody speaking you, you, she wouldn't let them eat and somebody's saying speaking the person's saying hurry how can you eat you have to focus on him so many times they would be served right before the drosha they take away the, the plates after and after the drosha and they would end up with no food but you don't eat and she knew that but you don't eat when a person's saying to her you, listen, you look at him you focus on him and you listen to him you don't understand you're too young you will, we will train you to understand that once the Shiva Pesach was saying was speaking and one of the, young, the younger children at that point in time started to cry so usually what happens the mother takes the child and she runs out and everybody else she spoke to, she turned to the child was like three or four years old and says we, we don't talk or cry when the Shiva is speaking the child stopped talking stopped crying that was how strong the Chinook was the covenant of Torah to the point that a three year old child four year old child would stop crying because what do you it's like you can't cry you can't make noise when the Shiva is talking but she lived herself like that after the war she made it to America eventually she came to America and she was living she was staying with her sister and brother-in-law so the Rashiba would spend time talking with her, you know, to bring her back to the to, to still alive. And eventually, in 1948, so um, Rebbe Meir, if they should find her a shidduch, she'd be able to settle down. So um, shidduch came up. It was, a, it was a very person was a person was a bentera. Person was you know was uh, from a year that he was, he was successful financially. She'd be able to have a, a good life, etc. Rebbe Meir is suggesting the shidduch. She says she started crying. She says, "Uncle, I can't do this. I, I, I was raised to, for Torah. I was raised for Torah. That, that, that's what, what, what's important. I was Torah. I was like, what about Torah? I, so we won't have mamanis. What are mamanis? So Rabbi Mayor asked her gifted to see if he could find something. Her gifted spoke to her Chatzkol, the Mir Bachrim, and then she married. She married the Pesach, Zichel of in 1948." But that Muslim that she should marry something other than terror, like it wasn't an option. During the Shiva, multiple people said that they said the same line. It says she, they felt like she was like she was there. They were the, her favorites. Like I, I can describe going into her house, just the the the, the, imus, the way she the, the ava. You know, oh, her belly. You know, how are you? The, you know, the conversation. She, she's so excited to see you. Her eyes would light up to see you, and she's so excited, and she remembered every single detail. It just, uh, uh, she she taught in the school where I was first. You know, taught Alabe. She, she was one of the teachers there, and she, the tremendous impact she had on the, on the students because she was so pleasant. She was so she caring about them. She was more like a mother. So that balance between that, that Ne'imus on one side and that Kifis of like, you know, there's a certain way you have to act and you have to, there's a Muslim of Kashivas for being a Bentara. So the 8 o'clock would come in, you know. So uh, love to see them, a hug and a kiss. How you are, did you go to davening? Are you on time for davening? You know. <laughs> it wasn't a steer by her. Pointing out that something needed to be corrected and making sure that you're, on, you're doing the right thing is part of love. I care about you, so I want to make sure you do the right thing. So nowadays we're hesitant to to to, to, to point it out because the person's going to take it bad. It means I don't, I don't I'm not much of them, and 
I believe that you could handle being something being pointed out. I understand. I believe that you are mature enough to understand the importance of it, and mature enough to understand that you need to correct it. And I'm saying that I think you're somebody chosher, so that therefore I expect something from you. The. The Rashiva, when the Rashiva was learning, like there was no such thing as interrupting him. The Rashiva was learning. Like that's her job to make sure that he's not stared, that he should be able to stay, stay focused. The Rashiva pays the consistent stay focused for hours for learning. After he he was nifter, they started putting out his swarim. I think they have a work. Rashiva has the kuteshurim from Rashiva Pesach. Uh, Rosh Hashanah was recently told me he just discovered the Sefer he says this is, where's the Sefer been hiding it's, 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 it's gems it's gorgeous it's a gorgeous Sefer it's a gorgeous Sefer Mamish so gishmak clarity presentation she was a pace of Shumar were ashamed of her his blotch here was ashamed of her in America the clarity she replaced it would say sheer his blotch here I, I can't describe it just, it was the Shiva he would say Taka was unique the way he said sheer he would come in, he would say Shir. Shir was an hour long, which most of Sherman tells were an hour and a half. He said Shir for an hour. He would say uh, something for 15, 20 minutes. He would say a husband something. And then he would interrupt and say, now let's, let's, let's think about it. And for the next few minutes, the Barakim would discuss between themselves what he just said. And once in a while, somebody would, he would have a question. They'd walk up to the front and everybody would get quiet to hear what he was asking, what he was answering. Then he would give a little understander. And then he would say another sticker like that. Again, he said, Now we should think about it. And that would, that's you know, the same thing would happen. Usually he would say three of those. That was the whole shiur. Those three things that he discussed and he clarified would give you the key to understand the whole sugya. If you got those three things clear, you had, you'd be able to figure out everything else on the sugya. The pithis of the doing that was mind-boggling. And he would do this day after day after day. I, I can't, it, was, it was awesome to watch. It was just mind-boggling to watch how clear he was to do that. But he would sit and, he would sit and review before the shir. And he would say, that was the blot shir. The pimple shir was, was, was once every other week. And he would sit and spend hours and hours and hours beforehand bringing everything he said in the previous two weeks together into one shir. And there was those things that interrupted Shiva. Like just much like that was her job in life was when they finally started putting out the the swarm. Like it was pushed by her was it was it was it was it was it was almost a yumptif. Even short before she was she was she was clear mind all the way to the end. Like recently they brought, brought you know, they're reprinting some of the swarm, adding adding more pieces, more more shirman, etc. And just like the simcha that you know, Baruch Hashem, the safer is going to be—it's coming out nice, and she makes sure it should look beautiful, and she could be presentable, and the cover of Torah should be. I was talking something about about Chinuch and tells just just tells a little bit, you know, there is a saying in the Velt that you know that tells us, excuse me for saying, it's like a jail, um, very 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 orderly, very organized. And that wasn't the point. Here's, uh, the Bloch, the Maril Bloch, the Alta tells the Rub, one time said, he says, the most important Mita is Seder. Why? Because we're called upon to use a myriad of different Mita's during the day. 
There's times when we have to be strong. There's times when we have to be soft. There's times when we have to have to talk a lot. There's times when we have to be quiet. We're constantly working out what the right thing to do is. If you're going to react emotionally and not be in control, you're going to pull out the wrong things at the wrong time. If you train yourself to be in control, so then you can pull out the right meter at the right time. So Seder is the meter which gives you the shlita over yourself and over how you do things. To the point that you can do and be what the Russian wants you to be at the right, at the right time, what you're supposed to be. That was the Chinuch. And the, the, the thought process was that applies... You can't just do it in, in thought process. You have to learn to do it in everything that you do. So, you have to be in time for Seder. That means that you have to, your, your bed has to be made. And tells the, the, the beds, everybody dorm room, the beds were made. The, the shoes were put away in the shoe, the shoe drawer as opposed to leaving them under the bed or on the, on the floor somewhere. And the dorm rooms were checked. Not by just uh, the dorm supervisor. Shira Gifta would go through the dorm and check the rooms. It was important enough to me if this is part of what Kinruk is, I'm going to do it. And he would leave notes. This room is befitting a bentara. This room is not befitting a bentara. And if the room was messy too many times, the door was locked and you could not get back into your room until you paid a kanas. Seder started at 9.30. The mashkiach was standing by the door and he was watching everybody as they came in. And if you came in late, the first few moments you would just get a look at your watch and a look at you. After that, the conversations went further and further. And then there was the point of the reconnaissance, etc. But it wasn't stamina, okay? The point was a training of understanding the Kashivas of how to, use, how to use your time. So the Maisa, the, the Telzer Maisa, and I get involved in the whole Telzer Maisa, but you know, she said over this Maisa multiple times, it says, coming too early is also not on time. Because you're wasting time. And she said with the story enough times that I remember this story years ago that she told me she told me the story herself. It says one day she, she opened the door. You know, she told she told me at eight o'clock to be over at the house. I think it was four o'clock. She looked out the window at, 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 at two minutes to four, and the eight standing on the porch, but not, not knocking on the door. Till four o'clock, the uncle knocks on the door because she, she knew that too early is also not on time, so she can't knock on the door till four o'clock. If I told you four o'clock means till four o'clock, I'm busy with something else, so I, I'm not going to interrupt you. I, I'm not wasting my time. I'm doing something else. At four o'clock, I'm available. I have a request to make sure that I'm available for you at four o'clock, exactly four o'clock. Beforehand, I have something else that I have to take care of, and I'm, thinking, I'm using my time well for that. But that was the kinnuk. It wasn't a waste. Life is busy. Life is important. Life is valuable. Time was valuable. She spent her time interfacing with hundreds and hundreds of people, and being the chaz of them, giving them aces, just spending time with them. But it, 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 it was a cheshivas for time, which was part of the training. Uh, it also meant you know, the, the shiva would, would want us to go, go to sleep on time. You know, it means getting up on time. It means going to sleep on time. It means taking care of yourself. It means dressing presentably. The shiva expected us to wear ties. The shiva wants wear a tie. He's a ben he's, he's he's the, the elite of mankind. The president goes with a tie. So you shouldn't go with a tie. You're more valuable than the president. You're more more cautious than a businessman. He goes with a tie. You shouldn't go with a tie. He said, you need to train yourself what it means to be a Bantara. 
the cheshivas what it means and what you're doing. You're doing the most important thing in the world. Understand that. If you value that, you're not going to waste your time either. So it wasn't just a game. Baron told me, he says, he remembers one time a gifter came to, to some event where he was speaking. He says, you saw Malchus. He says, you saw Malchus, even where the, the Bacher, you know, says, the, the door opened up and the, the Bacher came out, stood by the door and he escorted the Rashiva out. You know, it was like, it was done, Mamish, like, you know, a dignitary is arriving. And he was dressed impeccably. It wasn't fancy, but it was clean. It was, it was, it was, it was pressed. It was, it was, it was nice. Uh, these aren't uh, in things nowadays. You know, these elements of Chinuch. You know, it's like it's Yeshiva to be Shlom, you know. Yeah. And if you're fancy, it's because even though, yeah, it's not so important on my side, I like it anyway, so I, you know, I, I make a. that that should be a, a sheet that the person should understand that he has a Christ to, to dress in a certain way. Because to understand the cheshivas of who he is, these are the lessons which we heard. I heard these from from the from the cheshivas. I heard these from the Rebbitsons. You know, this was the chiddush that they saw in their homes. The Panavicharov learned by learned by Rebbeinu tells him, and he was he was he was younger than the Rebbeinu Bloch, but he was you know he was Rebbeinu was saying a share in yeshiva. He one time said a comment. He says the author, this is, says the tells Rav. His children never saw their father without a kapata. Oh, my son will set me in the gatkas. My, my son of Rambo sees me in the gatkas. You'll get a translation of those. You understand Yiddish, what that means. Okay. I'll have to record, put on the recording. Right? I don't think she, I'm not sure he meant that actually, but, you know, but I, at least metaphorically, he meant that. They, they had a tremendous COVID, the tremendous covered for their father. He, the father was the, was was the rav. He was a shashiva. He was. A, you know, some people didn't understand why he did. He didn't, it wasn't his fault for him. He took a yeshiva, which was he made a yeshiva. He made levels of shurim in yeshiva. He started a school where they had the Murechel. Before before this idea, the idea before Beis Yaakov started, he already had a girls' school in Tells. Because women nowadays need, need need training also. The first girls' school, which I wasn't wasn't based Yaakov it was Yavna by Tells. By the Tells of Rosh Hashivah, He put he had he had they had training in they got secular degrees. They had they, 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 he took one of the the the, the Talmudim of the yeshiva. He got a degree. They, there was lessons in pedagogy. There was like every, it was a whole different approach. There was, there was, they were. It was avant-garde. It is what's the best way we can be mechanic? So not really understood what he was doing, but he wasn't his fault. He sat. He spent the time thinking about it. But it also meant his mahalach of seder was extraordinary. And we would see that you know sometimes we talk about her experiences with her father, with her grandfather, like. She would you you get a glimpse into that world. Uh, we lost the world. This is a, this was a link. Bell Wine one time said he said that you know if you think about it you have is this. Uh, I saw my great grandfather. My great grandfather was born you know it was, it was the early eighteen hundreds. He lived to, to the, the, the towards the end of the you know or, you know the you know, middle of eighteen hundreds. 
So he lived to the beginning of the 19th century. Since so I was born, I saw him as a little, very little boy. And my great grandson saw me. So between when I'm sitting at a Seder table, I'm spanning 200 years. From my great grandfather to my great grandchild. He says the Chumrah Bias was 10 tables like that back. 2,000 years ago, it's 10 tables like that. My great grandfather was, was a little boy. He was sitting at his great grandfather's table who had seen his great grandfather. But there was, there was this cycle of generations of generations and we lost that. We're losing that. The people who saw that world and understood that world and were from that world and understood the, the Rebbe's and Gifts would talk about you know, the, the year Shemaim that there wasn't tells. The, you, you could feel the year Shemaim in the streets. He says, we're, not, we're a lot firmer nowadays than we were once upon a time, but year Shemaim, they had more year Shemaim over there. You know, the people who they went through years of Gehenna and they can be given a nice soft life but they don't want that, they want a life of deprivation but it's Torah, because there's nothing more important in the world than Torah and that she should stand up for a 20 year old Bacham when she's 90 years old because that's what it means, covenant Torah that's not, a, that, that's not a thought process that's in your bones that, that's part of your mahus of a mensch that you absorbed in the world in the cradle of, 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 of what it means Kedusha and Tahara and what it means Kavada and what it means Kavada what it means Tara what it means to be a Yid what it means to be a Ben Tara and these are the Gmos which are slowly but surely being taken away from us so uh, you know we, we try to keep these occurrences try and keep that you know the, 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 that that the adas together with the neimus that such a thing should exist we don't know what the mean what the words mean nowadays how do you have both of them those who remember remember have a little bit of picture of what it was like that that music of the two together you know, he's a Talmud in the yeshiva for many years. So I just said, you know, for me, it's, uh, it's, 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 share some thoughts with you about this loss. Okay.